The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Uh, before we get started, I just want to let everyone know that you can find this show on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, and pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts. So make sure to go and subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast provider, if you haven't already. And also, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. Okay, let's talk Vikings. Okay, joining me today is Ian Castleberry. He writes for sites like The Comeback and Awful Announcing, but he's also a Lions fan, so he came on to help and, you know, preview this weekend's matchup between the Vikings and Lions. But before we get to that, there's one thing I wanted to comment on, and then I'll quickly answer some uh, Twitter questions that listeners have submitted. When I read that comment, what Zimmer said about, oh, Everson, Everson was a good player, like, he Coach Zimmer just wasn't a good coach. He was a great coach to me. So for him to call me a good player, you know, that kind of hurts my feelings. Okay, you just heard that clip. That was Everson Griffin, now with the Detroit Lions, who will be playing the Vikings on Sunday. He said that in response to uh, Mike Zimmer apparently calling him a good player and not a great player. Um, First off, I don't think Mike Zimmer meant any, you know, many ill will against Griffin by saying that he was a good player. Obviously, Everson Griffin did some some great stuff when he was with the Vikings and and under Mike under Mike Zimmer, he was able to develop and you know one of the best pass rushers in the league. So I don't think Mike Zimmer calling him good was a slight against Griffin. But obviously, Griffin feels differently, um, and for for some reason, he thinks being called good instead of great is just this this horrible you know statement. Um, but at the same time, if he wants to be considered great, he, uh, Everson Griffin, he also never made an all pro team and, you know, he wasn't defensive player of the year. You know, he's, he's a, he is a good player, you know, but is he great? Is he going to make the hall of fame? Probably not. Um, was he a great Viking? Yes. He was a great Vikings player. Is he a great NFL player? That's debatable. You can debate, there's, there's, you know, evidence to say that he is and evidence to say that, you know, maybe he could have done a little more. But yes, Everson was a good player and yes, he did great things for the Vikings. So that's, that's, that's all I want to say on that. You know, good for Everson for finding something to get motivated for, um, against the Vikings this weekend. I'm not sure he really needed anything because it's going, he's going against his former team in U.S. Bank Stadium. So, 
you know, whatever whatever he needs, it's going to be fun to watch him go maybe against uh, Riley Reef, and uh, we'll see how that turns out because Reef's been having a great year so far. So hopefully Everson doesn't get to do you know his sack dance or whatever, and after he uh, you know gives a giant bear hug to Kurt Cousins. So hopefully that won't happen. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions. Okay, all right, the first question comes from Skolger one eighty seven. Um, and he asks, how good was Ezra Cleveland? And I think he's referring to last week's game against the Packers, where Ezra Cleveland was the starter at right guard. Um, and if you've, if anyone has seen anything online, as far as grading goes, you know, there's, there's certain sites that, that grade players and offensive linemen. Uh, Cleveland graded very well. He was one of the top graded Vikings on the whole roster against the Packers. And that's very good for a, an offensive, not, not just a rookie, for an offensive lineman in general from the Vikings to be, you know, graded that well. It is an accomplishment in of itself. But the fact that he's a rookie and it's what his second game that he's been a starter and, and he did, he did that well. You know, there was some, some blocks that, you know, he, he missed, but he was a big key in Dalvin Cook. Gaining, you know, all those yards and going crazy he helped create a lot of those holes. So the future for Ezra Cleveland, I think, is very bright for the Vikings, and that's good. Whether it's at right guard or it's at left tackle, you know, that that remains to be seen. But it looks like the Vikings made a, a good choice by by grabbing him uh, in the second round this year. Okay, the next question comes from Hale at I Brazy on Twitter. So he asks. If we go on a win streak and make the playoffs, is Kirk still our quarterback for the next two years? Well, I think it's for at least one more year. Just just the way his contract is, is structured, I think it might be at least for one more year. Unless the 49ers make some crazy offer where they're, they're able to get him and, and replace Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Garoppolo's future in San Francisco doesn't look too great right now. Um, with his ankle injury and just, just not overall, overall, just not playing very well, um, in his tenure with the 49ers. So maybe the 49ers try and get something worked out with the Vikings this offseason to, to get Cousins. But if not, I would expect Kirk Cousins to at least be there until 2022. Um, and even then, I wouldn't be surprised if he completed, you know, his entire contract. But, you know, this isn't to say that the Vikings shouldn't be looking at other options, looking at quarterbacks in the draft, you know, drafting someone young to maybe groom and, you know, replace Cousins with down the road. They should still be doing that. They, they need to draft a quarterback higher than what they they got one in the seventh round this year. They need to draft one higher than that. It has to be probably with one of their early round picks. Um, so that still needs to be a priority, whether Kirk Cousins is with the Vikings for the next two, you know, two years or not. So. To answer your question, yes, one year, or yes, one year, so yes, 2021, and then maybe 2022. All right, and the last question comes from Granite at GrantyBoy78, um, and he asks, where do we stand in regards to a rebuild? Are the Vikings rebuilding? I think there's portions of the roster that the Vikings are trying to rebuild, but I don't think they're trying to go through a full rebuild. Um, you know, they 
They have Adam Thielen. This extended Delvin Cook. Got Kirk Cousins for, you know, just we just mentioned another probably at least one or two years. You know, they got Herb Smith. They got Daniel Hunter. They got Eric Kendricks. You know, maybe Harrison Smith is, is near in the end. But I think maybe what they are trying to rebuild right now is probably the defense. Uh, the defense is, is, is much different than, the, you know, the last few years when they had just the same core of guys. You know, there's no more Linval Joseph. There's no more Everson Griffin. You know, Anthony Barr's hurt this year. There's no more Xavier Rhodes. No more Trey Waynes. No more Mackenzie Alexander. You know, the secondary is just a bunch of new faces. And, and it shows in their play this year. You know, the Vikings have have one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Um, but as far as a complete rebuild goes, and if it could happen in the future, um, I I don't know. I think they might get a, get rid of some some longtime veterans maybe in the offseason just, just to clear cap space because they're going to be cutting it pretty close and the cap might decrease. So they might have to create some, some more room if they want to sign anyone new. Um, so, you know, they might get rid of somebody like Kyle Rudolph. They might get rid of somebody like O'Reilly Reef. They might get rid of somebody like Anthony Barr. Um, I don't think they would outright outright release Harrison Smith, but I think if somebody wanted to trade for him and it was a good offer, then I don't think the Vikings would not be opposed to that because he's getting older and he's nearing the end of his contract too. Um, so I don't think they're going through a full rebuild right now. I don't think they're planning for a full rebuild, ex- especially if Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are still there. Those guys, their goal is to get this team to the playoffs every year. So, and the rebuild in the NFL, it's weird. I think for a team to do a rebuild, they have to be very bad. Like you look at the Dolphins, like they were, they were bad for a number of years and they're like, all right, let's just clear house and get this over with. That's not the Vikings. They've missed the playoffs once in the last three years. You don't, you don't just gut everything and and rebuild after that, especially when you have a quarterback who you're probably not going to be able to get rid of. So they've got to figure out a way to win with the guys that they have on their team now while also adding people from the draft and maybe, you know, a couple cheaper free agents. Remember that Michael Pierce coming back, or not coming back, he didn't even start at all this year because he opted out. He will be coming next year, you know. Anthony Barr could be coming back, you know, if, if they decide they want to bring him back. You know, There's a lot to look forward to with this team in the future where I don't think maybe a rebuild will be necessary. They are 2-5 and five right now, so I know a lot of fans are, are less optimistic about their future than they maybe they were before the start of the season but I still think the Vikings are a very competitive team they can just about hang with with anyone in the league maybe not a team like the Chiefs or or the Ravens or or something like that but they lost by one to the the Seahawks they lost by one to the Titans they just beat the Packers this team can compete you know when when they're at their best they can compete with just about anyone so I don't think this this Vikings team is is headed towards any sort of complete rebuild. You know they might try and build sections of the defense or offense at a time, like they're doing right now with the secondary. But complete rebuild? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, let's talk to Ian. All right, joining the show now to help us get uh, a little more familiar with the Vikings' next opponent. Is someone who is very familiar with the Detroit Lions, and he also contributes content for some pretty well-known sports sites like Comeback and Awful Announcing, uh, Mr. Ian Castleberry. Welcome to the show, Ian. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me on. 
No problem. First off, uh, I'm just curious. I just want to get this out of the way. What What is the heritage of your last name? Uh, Castleberry. I think it's Pennsylvania Dutch. I've never really done uh, a big research into it. And then, uh, I mean, it's a complicated story, but uh, uh, my my father was Castleberry, uh, and then the, his parents divorced. So actually, I grew up mostly uh, with a Weiss as a last name of all my other relatives. So every time, you know, like we would do reports, you do reports in school about, oh, what's your heritage? Where does your name come from? Like I could never get that information because my grandma would just shrug her shoulders and, you know, ask my ask my grandpa, oh, but he's in California. I can't ask him right now. But uh, I am told it, the heritage is Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, right. Someday I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, I just I just... Whenever I see it, I'm always just just curious where where that comes from. But uh, okay, that that works for me. Um, so let's get to the the game this weekend. The Lions and Vikings taking place in uh, Minnesota. I believe the Vikings are favored. Last time I saw by four points. Um, might be more now uh, with that Stafford potential to not play. Um, so I, I'm wondering if Vegas probably even like just took it off the board until he. <laughs> that gets figured out. Um, but my first question is, uh, what do you think has to happen in order for Matt Patricia to be the head coach of the Lions in 2021? Uh, they have to make the playoffs, uh, and they are probably not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I could see a situation, especially with uh, the history of the Ford family, where if the Lions come on strong at the end of the season, maybe they finish with seven, eight wins and seem competitive that that will seem good enough uh, for, for Lions ownership to to keep him. But uh, at the end of last season, uh, Martha Ford, Martha Firestone Ford said it was pretty much playoffs or bust. Now, she doesn't run the team anymore. She turned uh, run, running the team over to uh, her daughter, uh, Sheila uh, Ford Hamp. Um, she hasn't been as vocal or, or upfront with the media, so we don't know if she – has the same uh, expectations, but um, I, I think it's playoffs or bust for Matt Patricia. So he doesn't have he, he just has to get to the playoffs. He doesn't have to to win a game. Uh, boy, that yeah, I think it's just it's just it's just get to the playoffs. I mean, he boy, <laughs> they need to win a game. Certainly, uh, they haven't won a playoff game in, in so long. Um, so, but if, if they even. Pardon? Uh, yeah, what was it, 1990, was it 92 against the Cowboys, I think, was the last? Yeah. Which is, like, pretty much Lions fans' Super Bowl. I mean, we might as well hang up a banner uh, in Ford Field for that because it's, it's never been better for that. I mean, I I, I, I tell, like, uh, more more recent Lions fans, younger Lions fans, like, really, the Lions made it to the NFC Championship game that year. I mean, they got their butts kicked by the Redskins, but, like, they were really one game away from the Super Bowl. 91. Uh, uh, yeah, no, and nobody believes it. Uh, so, yeah, three and four. Uh, I mean, gosh, with the Packers and the Bears ahead of them, and I, I don't even I, – I don't think there's a chance. Really making the playoffs would be the worst thing for this uh, franchise, I think. Because the, the Lions are in this purgatory where – It would be the worst thing. I think so because uh, yeah. they, they'll get eliminated in – in the first round, whoever their opponent is, it, it, it'll be in the wild card game, and they won't make the changes that are needed. Now, maybe if, if they demonstrate some progress under Patricia, you could say this is a good thing that they made the playoffs. 
But lion, the lions have always been in this purgatory where they're never, with a couple of exceptions, they're ne- they've never been so outright terrible, you know, that they get a top draft pick uh, and, um, you know, one of the top five players uh, I- in the draft. Except for um, when they were 0-16. Except when they were 0-16 and when they got... <laughs> Yeah, I, and we can't even wear that anymore. Like that used to be, you know, at least hey, we we had the historically worst record, um, and it did, you know, get us Matthew Stafford. Um, but they always finish in that kind of five to seven wins. You know, they get like a a draft pick in the in the you know ten to thirteen range or or something like that. It's just it, it's mediocrity. They play just well enough to get fans interested and think, oh, maybe this could be a competitive team. Like you know, if they win against the the, the Vikings this week, they'll be four and four, and you say, oh, they're in the playoff race, and then they could rattle off like three, four. Uh, losses where, where they don't even look competitive and everybody's mad because they were suckered in and, and, and they got, uh, the Lions got them believing. Uh, and, and then once again, punches them right in the stomach. It sounds very familiar because, uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Vikings fans this year who kind of feel the same way that if, if they make the playoffs, you know, and they don't do anything, then it, it wouldn't really, it would be worse than not making the playoffs because a lot of people, Especially at the, the beginning of the year when they were one and five, I mean they're two and five now, so it's not like a big difference. But they just beat the Packers, so I think people have a little more optimism. Mm-hmm. But being one and five, people were like, okay, let's just let's let's trade everyone, let's let's tank, let's you know see if we can get one of those three quarterbacks that's going to be in the next draft, um, and you know maybe move on from Mike Zimmer. But then they beat the Packers, and people are like, ah, now now the tank's over. Like so, so what do we do? do we, are we going to keep Kirk Cousins for another year now? You know, like just like week to week, it's been totally different. And I totally understand, you know, where Lions fans are coming from. And even even I feel like Bears fans can relate to this, too. So it just seems like Packers fans are the only, you know, consistent <laughs> one where it's like, oh, we can win the Super Bowl every year because, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers back there. But, you know, you talked about Matthew Stafford and um, he's been with the franchise for a while. I just want to ask you, do you think you know, depending on, on how this year goes, do you think the Lions will move forward with Matthew Stafford as their quarterback or, or should they attempt to maybe trade him and start over with, with someone, you know, maybe younger in the draft? I, I think I'm in the minority among most Lions fans. I mean, I have defended Matthew Stafford uh, through most of his career. I mean, I think he, maybe I'm a little bit delusional in this, but I think he's been quite good. Um, but he just hasn't had a very good team around him. Now, I understand that that he does um, pad his stats in a game like last week where they weren't competitive. You know, they lost 41-21 to the Colts, and he throws for 336 yards, three touchdowns. Um, that's kind of earned him the nickname Pad, Pad Statford among uh, some Lions fans and media, which whoever coined that, great job. Um, we, need, we need a nickname like that for Kirk Cousins. I mean, <laughs> he, does, he does a lot of the same things. So I have like, they'll lose by 20 and they'll be like, oh, but Kirk Cousins had like three touchdowns and over 300 yards. And it's like, but it happened when they were playing prevent defense in the fourth quarter. So that's, uh, that's, that's very familiar. But, but, but you're, I think, uh, they're, yeah, you're, I think uh, you're, they're stuck with Stafford because yeah. I mean, the, the cap hit, uh, would be so after 2021. But if I'm if I'm looking at the right stuff, they would have a 34, almost 35 million dollar cap hit if they 
uh, cut or traded uh, Matt Stafford. Like it or not, Lions fans, uh, we're basically stuck with him. I know it would be really exciting to get um, a, a young guy to succeed him. Um, a lot of fans were hoping that they would have drafted to Otunga Vailoa last year. I just think that would have been the wrong move. Not just because they they need they needed other you know they needed to shore up the defense. Uh, plus, the, I mean, for a for a coach and probably also a general manager who's on a playoffs or else edict, you know, you're not going to draft a quarterback of the future when you can get more immediate help. Um, I don't. The Stafford's not the Lions' problem. I mean, yes, do they pay him too much money? Yes, he takes up too much of their salary cap. We'll see if that ends up affecting whether or not they can sign uh, Kenny Galladay to an extension, which is really the the next big move that the front office needs to make. And maybe there's going to be too much money invested in Stafford and Galladay and trying to build uh, the rest of the team around him. But, you know, if if they change uh, coaching staffs again, you're looking at at least another a one year uh, turnover where, you know, because Patricia's brought in so many of his guys from New England and, and that style of defense. If, if the next coach ha- has a different system, wants a, a, another set of players, especially on defense, you're looking at least at a one year uh, rebuild or, or just kind of renovation project. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, again, it's very similar it's cycle to what, of hell. what the Vikings are, are going through right now, you know, with Kirk Cousins. Because I think people are at the point where it's like, okay, he's he's probably not the guy to you know bring us the Super Bowl or whatever. So like, what do we do now? And we're stuck with his contract, so we don't really have a a whole lot of options. Um, but I think what I'm most curious about is Matthew Stafford's been there for a while, and it doesn't seem like they've have they made an attempt to like bring in a coach specifically for him because i think like that would probably be the best route to go don't don't you think? yeah build around uh, matt stafford i uh, no i mean i think most of the, they you know jim caldwell was yep. supposedly a quarterback guru uh, working with peyton manning uh, and the, you know uh joe lombardi uh, was a uh, sort of a guru you know working with the saints and drew Brees. so uh, he's had coaches to work with him but they've never had Maybe Caldwell is the exception, but they've never brought in, say, like this lights out offensive coach, Sean Payton type, you know, or, or Sean McVay, who's just going to at least light it up. I mean, I, I think that th- that would obviously Lions fans want to win. But if they were fun to watch and they were just like, you know, throwing the ball all, all over the field and th- scoring 35, 40 points a game. Uh, and losing, I mean, it would be frustrating to, to lose, but if they were at least fun to watch, I think on some level, you know, Lions fans would accept that they're fun to watch and that they're taking advantage uh, of this great talent that they have at quarterback. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, probably since what they had, um, Calvin Johnson in there where their offense was sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've had they've had good receivers. They've up until this year, their running back situation ha- has really been. I think that's been their biggest problem. And then they start this season, which was very strange. You know, giving the the ball and, and making Adrian Peterson the starting quarterback when you have DeAndre Swift, you have 
uh, oh God, I'm already forgetting his name. Who's the, um, carry on Johnson. That's terrible. I couldn't remember, uh, two, two young running backs. So you think they're the future and then they're running Adrian Peterson out there. I, I mean, is that, we still don't know if that was a situation where, uh, they didn't like what they were getting in practice out of Swift and, and Johnson. Uh, if they just trusted uh, Peterson more, especially uh, with Daryl Bevel, the, the offensive coordinator. But it just seemed like completely the wrong message, the wrong direction. Is that These two players are supposed to be feature backs that you can build around, and then they, they put in a, a role player. And to Adrian Peterson's credit, he's been productive. But the fact that he's in there, I think, is a big problem for the talent that the Lions supposedly have at running back. Yeah, I've been. I've has has Peterson's snaps gone down because I think uh, I've noticed that Swift has been getting the ball more recently than than Peterson. I feel like. Yeah, I think th- they have gone down a bit. Uh, Swift has taken on more of a role. Now, I'm sure they want to split carries a little bit. They want to run uh, one back down, but I mean, it seems like Swift is the guy. I mean, he's the best. Uh, He's, he's their best runner. He's their best uh, pass catcher. He might not be their best pass blocker. Maybe that's a problem. I think Kerryon Johnson is actually their best pass blocker. Whereas Adrian Peterson, he still does everything pretty solidly. But when he's in the game, you know they're going to run the ball. It, it's it, He's not in there to, to catch passes. He's not in there to pass block. So it, it's a signal to the defense when Peterson's in there, it seems, that the Lions are going to run the ball. And, you know, Peterson's still skilled enough to get some yards, and the Lions' offensive line can open some holes for him occasionally. But it, it just seems like a, a misuse of the talent that that they have. Now, maybe they're not as good as we thought. You know, everyone was excited when DeAndre Swift uh, was drafted. You know, we don't know what the coaches see in practice. So we don't know what they're looking for. But it's frustrating to watch, certainly, as a fan. Yeah, it's it's just interesting to hear you talk about Adrian Peterson in a, a once again a very similar way to uh, the way Vikings fans felt because that was his one one of his big things when he was with the Vikings is that he's not a good receiver. He says that he is, you know, but but it's very clear that he's not, you know, he's not a Dalvin Cook, he's not an Alvin Kamara, where you know these guys are basically you know can be receivers in the backfield, and and Adrian Peterson is just has never been like that, so. Uh, it's it's interesting to hear that that stuff is is still going on. Um, <laughs> looking back at this most recent draft, you guys went with uh, Jeff Okuda, uh, the the cornerback from Ohio State, mm-hmm. um, with the number three pick. Looking back on that, do you think that was the right choice for the Lions to make with that with that pick? At the time, I I sure thought it was the right choice. Uh, they needed a cornerback, especially after uh, letting Darius Slay go. Um, they needed a, a feature cornerback. I mean, going into the season, defensive back, the secondary looked to be a strength of the Lions, but they, they've had injuries. Uh, Desmond Trufant has been hurt. Justin Coleman uh, has been hurt. If they had to do it over again, I still think they would pick Jeff Okuda. Maybe they go offensive line instead. I know there was a lot of talk they they might pick Derek Brown. They could use Derek Brown at defensive tackle, but, you know, this is a passing league. And that does sound like all the other commentators uh, out there on the, in the NFL, but 
to, to strengthen, to have a good secondary against, you know, these great receivers. I mean, especially even in the division, there's so many great receivers uh, in the NFC North. I think it was, it was the right move, but Okuda has not developed certainly as quickly. I think it's been surprising actually how much he's struggled. Uh, you know, he wasn't a starting cornerback to, to start the season. Um, he, he has struggled in coverage. Uh, he'll make some, spectacular plays but he's very inconsistent uh but in looking at the draft i know everybody was in love with isaiah simmons maybe that you know they the lions linebacking core isn't great so maybe simmons ultimately would have been uh the best pick certainly the flashiest pick but if i still think okuda uh was was their best pick. he's just been disappointing so far yeah i've always been uh i've always noticed that like cornerbacks no matter really where they're where they're selected it's pretty rare for them to have success in their first year just because you know next to quarter next to quarterback you know cornerback probably the hardest position to transition from college to the nfl because the rules are just so totally different as far yeah as being able to you know touch guys and stuff so i just i go back to think of uh xavier rhodes and he was terrible as a rookie he like i think he gave up like five or six touchdowns um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, he was an all pro. So uh, I hope Lions fans are listening to that. And remember, because <laughs> he, he, because you, you know, you know how good Xavier Rhodes was in his prime. Absolutely. He, was, he shut down every, except, you know, Marvin Jones usually had his, his way with him. Um, but, you know, first years, I, for cornerbacks, I don't really, you know, put a lot of weight into it. But, you know, after that, when they have another okay. off season, and then this year, I'm glad to hear you too, say that. Especially too with rookies, you know, not having the preseason, not having OTAs. Right. You know, right. the Vikings are going through a lot of this with because they had 15 draft picks, so you know, they planned on relying a lot on rookies this year, and this 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 probably wasn't the greatest year to do that because of you know no preseason or OTAs or anything like that. So luckily they're starting to come on. You know, Justin Jefferson has has been uh, you know more than they could ask for, but then you know there's some other guys like like the cornerbacks they drafted where you know. They wish they played a little better, but so the Lions are three and four, um, and we talked about how they're still in the mix for a playoff spot. And then I think you, you kind of already mentioned this, but how confident are you in them? You know, maybe looking at the schedule and them actually making the playoffs. Oh, I'm not confident at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't expect them to win this week. For one thing, no. I mean, I. Um, in my mind, I, I always think, you know, going into the season, okay, they're going to split with the Vikings. It almost always happens, right? They, they'll win in Detroit. They'll lose in Minnesota. Now, it hasn't always happened that way. I think the Lions have actually lost like their last five or six games against the Vikings. Yeah, so that I don't, I don't think they've won with Matt Patricia as their coach. Oh, okay. So that, that hasn't held true. Uh, so I, I, I do think, um, they're going to have, they're going to lose to the Vikings. I mean, I'm looking at their what their final eight games. They should beat the football team, Washington football team at home. Um, I don't think they'll beat the Panthers on the road. Uh, the Texans on Thanksgiving is interesting. This there's this misconception that the Lions are good on Thanksgiving, which I, I mean, how many holidays have we have the oh, Lions no. ruined? <laughs> for people um you know the, the texans seem to be in disarray so maybe that, that that's uh a win for them too but then they've got packers titans buccaneers uh end the season 
hosting the Vikings. So I I don't think it it looks good for them the second half of the season. The interesting thing though is I've been reading about how if you know the NFL is forced to cancel some games or move games that they might add another spot to for each conference for the playoffs. So there would be eight teams that could make ah. playoffs for for each conference. So that that gives teams like maybe like the Lions and and the Vikings some a little more hope um because you know half the conference can make make the playoffs so that will be uh you know something to keep an eye on if cuz this that's yeah that's that's good that's a good reason for optimism i guess yeah. but again i think that would be i think that would be kind of a false hope you know yo yeah we made the playoffs but okay they they <laughs> let in right number 8 they let in an extra team that's always a joke is that you know the lions will hang up a, a banner in ford field for just like the tiniest achievement i think they stopped doing that now actually after uh rod wood took over as president of the team he took down a, a lot of those banners because that was kind of embarrassing but that really was all the lions and their fans could hang their hats on um i, I was a little not or yeah i guess off topic but still on topic, not related to the game, but do you think, you know, looking at the current seasons for both the Vikings and the Lions, um, do you think they would be any different if the two teams switched their quarterbacks? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, man. Do you think they'd just be probably? No, I think, I think they would be worse off. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins has his moments, but. Um, I think the Lions would be worse off. Oh yeah, what? Yeah, the Lions yeah. would be worse off with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. I think Matthew Stafford is the Lions' offense uh, for for better or for worse, especially if Kenny Galladay's in there. That's the only chance they have of moving the ball. Now, if you wanted to say, if you want to talk about the Lions and Vikings switching running backs, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think I think the Lions would take that. I think they'd take Dalvin Cook uh, uh, in a heartbeat. But uh, I'm curious what you think about that question. If if uh, Cousins and Stafford switch places. Yeah, I, it with Kirk Cousins, it all depends. He's just got to have like the right, right offense, you know, the right people around him. Um, he's he's just very particular about you know how he, I guess, succeeds because in the beginning of the year, with with Gary Kubiak calling plays, it was it was more pass, 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 and you know, as as much as they've paid him. He's not that kind of quarterback who can carry a team, who can, you know, they can pass 50 times a game and then and they'll be fine. You know, he need, he needs a good running game. He needs that play action to help him out. And, you know, when he does get that, he can be very good. He's got a very good deep ball and everything. Oh, he but, killed the Lions last year yeah. with that play action. Yeah. When, when, but the thing is, when you give him time to think in the pocket, that's when he gets bad because he starts like, trying to force things that aren't there, you know, make something out of nothing. And that's just, he needs to probably know where the ball's going before the snap even happens. And if it's not going there, then check it down because otherwise he just starts getting, he'll hold onto the ball too long, get sacked or he'll he'll do something ridiculous. Um, But I do agree with you that I think the the Lions would be worse off with, with Kirk Cousins than, than Matt Stafford. I do think Matt Stafford is at least slightly better than, and Kirk Cousins, um, and I think the the Vikings would probably be very happy to have someone like Matthew Stafford. But it makes me wonder something like that, like why the Lions haven't been more successful if he's, you know, I think Kirk, Kirk Cousins is probably regarded as maybe like a top 15 quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would put Matthew Stafford at least top 10 probably. Um, so it just makes me wonder why, you know, he hasn't been able to be more successful and 
if it has to do with more the you know the pieces that are put around put you know put around him and stuff because I feel like he's had he's had at least good receivers but like you mentioned you know running backs and then some running backs have been a problem uh, offensive line uh, I think has been a problem offensive scheme really too uh, Joe Lombardi um, and uh, Joe Jim Bob Cooter um, really oh, seemed I to like that about him forgot about Cooter. yeah <laughs> we've tried to forget too no at one point Jim Bob Cooter was was very highly regarded. Um, but I, I think it was just, uh, you know, whether it was a short passing game and trying to kind of put the, the Lions receivers in space rather than, uh, uh, deeper routes, uh, that could take advantage of, of Stafford's arm. Because I think Stafford's decision making isn't always the best. I think maybe he does sometimes think he can make any throw, which, you know, w- with his arm, maybe he, he can. But I, I think if it, it's a situation where, a deep passing game rather than uh, short passes and timing that isn't really Stafford's game. And, and I think uh, the idea with bringing in Daryl Bevel, I think was to boost the running game and to give Stafford a break. But as we discussed earlier, the running game has been so inconsistent. I, I just, it hasn't worked. Jim Bob Cooter is the current running backs coach for the New York jets right now. Oh, yeah. So he said, uh, he's, he's so he had Le'Veon Bell, but yeah, so he's uh he's having a bunch of fun over there. Oh, um, so we're getting close to the end, but um, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, you know, growing up, who who maybe was a Vikings player that you couldn't stand, but now you know, looking back on it, you kind of have at least a little bit of respect for for what they were able to do. Oh, I mean, John Randall, I guess, because I mean, I I. He's obviously a great player. He was just so disruptive, and um, but yeah, you know, with with the face makeup and, and all the antics. I, I mean, he, and he was incredible uh, against the Lions. Just just so disruptive. Uh, I guess yeah, I would pick either John Randall or maybe uh, maybe Chris Carter. Um, Randy Moss, I I, I always, I always kind of liked. Um, everybody likes me. Yeah, everyone. Even likes the me. people that you know, even Joe Buck, he likes Randy Moss. <laughs> I don't think the the Vikings have had ter- maybe I don't think they've had any really terribly de- unlikable players. I, no, I mean I maybe think, you could say Adrian Peterson, but maybe. I mean, I always re- remember playing with the Vikings in Tecmo Bowl too. So I always like Chris Dolman and yep. uh, uh, Tommy Kramer and and was Jack Del Rio was always fun to to play with. Um, yeah, I'll go with John Randall, but uh, it's it's a it's a begrudging respect. Um. Yeah. All right. Any uh, any predictions for for Sunday's game? I know you said you don't think the Lions are going to win, but how do you you, you think it's going to be a close game or? or if Stafford or, doesn't play, if he sorry. misses the game for COVID nineteen, I don't think they have a chance. I, I don't know what to think of Chase Daniel. I mean, I'm glad the Lions signed him. They needed they beat the Vikings last year. Yeah, that's right. Right. I was looking the at Bears. that. I mean, he didn't have great numbers, he, right? He probably, but he, did. he probably didn't do it. But the Bears put <laughs> him in there. Uh, so, yeah, Chase Daniels definitely an upgrade over uh, David Blow and, and, and Chad Driscoll or Jeff Driscoll, excuse me. Um, but yeah, if they don't have Stafford, they don't have a chance. But I, I still think even with Stafford, I know the the Vikings have a bunch of injured corners, but I, I just imagine Dalvin Cook running all over that defense. It's going to be a long day, I think, for the Lions. Well, Vikings haven't won. They, the game's in U.S. Bank Stadium. They haven't won there. 
I think, four or five games, and the last win was against the Lions. All right, well, <laughs> they're happy to help out. I think that was against David Blau. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you, Ian, for, for joining me and, and talking Lions. I know this, this wasn't probably the, the typical like preview that everyone's looking for, but you guys, if you want that, you can you can look for it. You can go get that there somewhere else. There's plenty of podcasts, but we just wanted to talk, you know, I just wanted to give you the listeners, you know, a little more info on, on the Lions this year because, you know, everyone's following the Vikings listening to this. Maybe they want to maybe find a little bit about you want to hear another fan who is in more pain right right so someone they can relate to um but thanks again ian for for joining us um thanks so much for having me on this was great yeah and uh until next time we'll talk to you later Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.